Hey gang, this is Lisa Peck, and welcome to Revive with Lisa Peck podcast. I am so excited about helping you learn how to be more relationally attuned. In a world filled with struggles and conflict and tension, I hope to make relational health fun and easy. Not all of us need therapy, not all of us can afford therapy, but I believe all of us can grow more wise and insightful and engaging in the connections we have with ourselves, with others, and with our God. I'm convinced that all of us can learn the art of calm, of awareness, and of investing relationally. Through my podcast, I hope to give you an opportunity to listen and maybe even practice with your own people. And in so doing, together, we get to help usher in a relational revival. Welcome to Revive with Lisa Peck. Call me silly. But I think it's a therapeutic given to assign journaling as a process step in therapy. I'm not sure about other counselors or spiritual directors, but I usually get a lot of resistance when I make this suggestion. Now granted, there are some people who love to write, who love to express themselves, but more often than not, I get a rolling of the eyes, the arms crossed subtly. And usually people say, oh, I'm not very good at that. Oh, I should do that. Oh, I just, I, I'm never consistent. Oh, I, I could never do that. Those are the words that I regularly hear in my office. And yet it's a really important step in self-discovery. I think it's an important step in learning to hear the voice of our Lord. Well, as such, since this is the last podcast of the month and we're focusing on self-awareness, I've invited my sweet friend, Jenna Bell, to come and to talk with us about her experience with journaling. She makes some amazing points that I think are practical and insightful and really easy to follow. So if you are a longtime journaler or you've never picked it up or you find yourself resistant and inconsistent, I think you will enjoy the suggestions and the experience that Jenna shares. So I have with me today one of my favorites. Her name is Jenna Bell, but I knew her when she was Jenna Lupo. We have mutual friends in ministry and met a couple of years ago. I have a passion to pour into 20-somethings, so it has been my delight to just mentor her and kind of pour into her life and feel blessed by how she has poured right back into me. And it was only, what, six months ago that I actually realized you're not a 20-something, you're a 30-something. Not anymore. 33. 33. And you wear it well because I still think of you as 28. Well, thank you. That's right. So I have Jenna with me today because this month we are focusing on increasing our self-awareness as part of the steps we are taking towards growing healthier in our relationships So Jenna has a passion and a gifting with journaling, and that is a very important exercise we even learned in last week's podcast with Marshall. He encouraged journaling as a step towards reflective functioning, so I thought it would be terrific to have Jenna on with us today to talk about her process, kind of what she understands journaling to be, how did she get into it, and kind of the how-to. So I'm so excited to jump right into that. So tell us, Jenna, tell us, how did you get started? What What is journaling from your perspective? Well, 
even at a young age, I always had little diaries or notebooks that I would write in, you know, silly little doodles and uh, playing around with poetry and stuff like that. But for me, I really fell into a rhythm with the Lord when I started journaling about 13 years ago. I had just finished my sophomore year in college and um, I was on a trip with the honors group and we were in Washington DC and in a bookstore I stumbled upon these moleskin journals and something about that journal just caught my eye and so I bought this new journal and I get on the bus and we're driving back to Alabama and I'm trying to figure out what to do with this really special journal and so I asked the Lord if he wanted that to be a space that we could share and I kind of told him whatever I put in here your eyes get to see it I mean he would see it anyway but I intentionally (laughs) told him that with intention yes um, because I wanted to talk with him and hear from him and so I just started writing in that particular journal with that intention that what I was putting in here was for him to see and to help me through whatever I was going through. And so that's kind of how I got started journaling in the way I do now. Mm-hmm. Now, didn't you tell me before that you had a friend that when you guys were in high school, you kind of shared your thoughts? Could you tell yes. us that story? Because that's fat. That seems oh, like that yes. was the springboard for you to start this process. It really was. My senior year in high school, my best friend, Sarah Beth, and I, Um, we bought this journal and decided that we were going to pass it back and forth at school. This was before like texting existed. (laughs) So this was like one never ending note that we were passing. And so we had this journal, we would write how our day was going. We would talk about the things that were hard, the things we were excited about. And as we passed it back and forth, it was such a special thing in our friendship. And so that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I was going to God with. Like I did this with Sarah Beth could I do this with you? And what would it be like if we tried to do this together? Wow, I love, what a cool invitation. Because when we want to look realistically at our relationship with God, it isn't just somebody that we serve. Mm -hmm. It's a relationship where we are talking back and forth, communicating back and forth. So how cool that you had a model and an example with Sarah Beth. And then I also love that it was the journal that actually <laughs> initiated the it process. Really was. I tell you, the moleskin journal. Yes. I have about 53 of them. 53? Yes, since May of 2005. I'm oh in my, my 53rd moleskin journal. Holy moly. It, it is a very special place for me and the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> okay, this is silly and pragmatic, but what is it about a moleskin journal that was so appealing for you? Um, well, I, I'm very particular about my notebooks. I love that the font of the line, like the ink is light enough where I'm not restricted to the small lines, but I can use them. It lies flat nicely. It just felt very special. And on the cover, it says something like, this was the notebook that Picasso and um, Ernest Hemingway and all these people, they used moleskin journals. And I remember joking around and being like, I think David wrote Psalms in his moleskin journal. And so I kind of was modeling my 
journaling after David also. (laughs) And for those of you that don't know Jenna, she is in the Enneagram a type four. Is it okay that I'm sharing that? Probably not surprising. (laughs) (laughs) To be special, to be unique, the romantic individualist. (laughs) So it fits thoroughly into that. But you know, you and I, I don't know if you remember, we went to Books a Million, it's been a while ago, Mm -hmm. and I was wanting to get a journal for Carl, and you pointed out and said, this is my favorite kind. And I got one, and you're exactly right. There's just something easy to write mm-hmm. in when you have a spiral you've got your arm yeah. kind of to have to go over that that binding and so I'm with you I really do I'm sold and, I, like and I will probably never depart from it because at this point I have this library of my life right. I can't change journals now no of course not <laughs> especially when you found something that works and exactly, works well for exactly. you okay so it started a long time ago mm-hmm. tell me how how do you journal so is it writing a letter like, Dear God, or like you did with Sarah Beth, this is just what's happening in my day? Can you kind of highlight for our listeners what what might we find in the pages of your journals? It varies. It I give myself permission to be as clean and organized or as chaotic as I need to be. Um, If you were to open up my journal, usually the beginning pages are really neat handwriting. (laughs) And um, sometimes I start off, you know, Abba, Lord, God, this is what's going on. You know, sometimes it's just scribbled notes and circle prayers. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of depends. I've got, there are some seasons where there are just pages of angry scribbles. Right. I was angry and I couldn't make sense of things that were happening. There's sometimes where you'll look at the page and it'll just be tiny words in the middle of the page because I'm coming to them very timidly. And mm. it just feels like those words need a lot of space on the page, even though mm. they're small. And so I guess, you know, I don't make myself make it pretty. Mm. I don't force myself to have some kind of structure. I don't have a strict regiment of how often I do it. Some seasons I'm writing a lot more than others. And the deeper I've gotten into this hiding place with him, the more I want to escape with him into these pages. I carry it with me everywhere in my journal Mm -hmm. because there are just some days where work is crazy and I need to slip away and I need to just pull this out. And even if I'm just writing, Lord, this day is crazy. What is going on? Mm -hmm. I can close it up and walk back in and it just gives me the space to retreat to him when I need to. Um, Mm -hmm. So does that kind of answer your question a little bit? It really does. It really does. I know for me, I encourage not only when you've got something kind of swimming in your head, it helps to take it from your head and objectively put it on a piece of paper. So mm-hmm. I will encourage people that are grappling with an issue or struggling to think all the way through on a topic, I will encourage them to take out a piece of paper and write it mm-hmm. out. But in my own personal time, I I have a conviction that a, a relationship, communication is not one-sided where mm-hmm. I'm the only one talking. Right. So I even have a space in my journal where I will pour out my thoughts, my ideas, my feelings, 
And then God, I'll end it with, God, what do you think? What Mm -hmm. do you want me to know? And then I put a capital A for his answer and a colon. Mm -hmm. And then I will sit quietly and wait for the impression that he puts on my heart. Sometimes that's a picture. Sometimes that's just an impression. Sometimes that's those are words. Sometimes that's scripture or a song. But I let him direct Mm -hmm. my thoughts where I'm intentional to pour out my heart to him. But I'm also equally intentional to listen. I think it's varied for every person. A journal is something that's kind of like the window into your own secret sanctum. Mm -hmm. Would you, would you agree? Does that? Yeah. And in my experience too, I found a similar rhythm in being able to listen. I, a lot of times if I feel like he responds, when I feel like he responds, I bracket those words. And, um, I, Personally, I when I write out his name, whether it's pronouns, him, mm-hmm. his, whether I'm writing Abba, Lord, Father, or when he's talking to me and it's me, I mm-hmm. am, I write in all caps. Mm-hmm. So his name and his person in my journal is always in all caps. Mm-hmm. So that helps me when I'm looking back. I can see when he and I are talking. I can see what he's saying back to me. I can see what I believe about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the ways that I... It comes out on my paper. Absolutely. So do you go back and reread your journals? How often, if you do that, how often do you do that? I do sometimes. I don't do it very often. Usually when I do, I'm prompted by maybe I'm reflecting on a season that had occurred in the past and I want to go back and remember some of the things I was feeling, some of the ways I was thinking, some of my prayers. I've been able to see some really cool ways that God has answered prayers that I had even forgotten about. You know, wake up in the middle of the night from a dream that feels like significant and write it down and pray about it. And then a year later, go back and see, whoa, Hmm. I see what you were doing here, Lord. A real faith builder. Yes, it really is. Um, I love to go back and read what he's been doing. And I love seeing how he was with me in it all. His faithfulness is so evident to me as I journey. And going back and reading some of those things just affirm more and more his faithfulness and his continued presence and mm-hmm. his patience with me too. You know, We do get to see our faith heritage in God. We get to see when we go back and we look where we where we were and where we are we can definitely see the journey that God has taken us on and kind of the work of awareness the work of growth and redemption mm-hmm. um i say all the time i'm not the wonderful counselor but i know him and this is how he kind of directs our steps and shows that his guidance is excellent when we make the time to do it now, yeah. what i liked that you also pointed out was you're not exacting with yourself. You're not perfectionistic that it has to be grammatically correct and it has to look exactly the same way and you have to do it every single day. Can you speak a little bit more to your process? Because I think there's some who've maybe never even journaled at all and think, oh, I have a picture that I'm supposed to do it every day. So could you speak to that? Right, absolutely. I think some of the patterns I have when I am at church and I'm listening to a lesson, I am taking notes in my journal and letting the Lord 
personalize it for me as well. So I'm writing down what I'm hearing said, but I'm also listening to see what stands out to me. And so that's an area where typically I'm writing on Mm -hmm. Sundays. I'm writing on my Wednesday night. I'm Mm -hmm. in a classroom setting and I'm taking notes or in different ministry meetings or conferences, Mm -hmm. places like that. That's where a lot of things happen in these pages. But also I found when I wake up in the morning, I don't do this all the time. I'm currently not in a season where I'm getting good time in the morning and I miss it. But some of my favorite times have been setting aside moments before I get busy in my day and sitting down and just writing out prayers. I read Mark Batterson's The Circle Maker Mm -hmm. and went through and that really gave me a very sweet structure in the morning when I was going through that and Mm -hmm. reading that book, but also taking time to circle some prayers and Mm -hmm. dedicate time to read some prayers each day that I was circling. Mm. That gave me a little bit, um, something to hold me into consistency. Right. Because it is important sometimes when you're just starting to have some structure, kind Mm -hmm. of some how-to. So I'm hearing you can kind of look at it seasonally. Like my therapist, my second therapist, second of three (laughs) therapists, recognized that I was really angry at my mom and said, why don't you journal about it? And he said, I want you to use a red pen, no grammatical checking on yourself just let it be free association don't Mm -hmm. even use punctuation if you don't need it except for an exclamation point and he said if you need to use cuss words go ahead nobody's (laughs) going to be reading this this is between you and god but focus on the things that make you feel angry in this relationship so he gave me some really strong parameters and some direction so sometimes we need that Sometimes it's really like you said, I'm having a bad day and I grab my journal and I've got, you know, 30 minutes for lunch, which is really more like 20 minutes. And I have less than five to just jot down some some ideas about what's going on in my head that then I can either go back to or I've just laid it aside kind of as a prayer. And now I'm setting it aside without any further follow up, just getting it out of my head and putting it down on a piece of paper. Yeah. I like that. I like that there doesn't have to be structure, that when we're starting, it is something that's really helpful. Yes, definitely. Have you had a season where you didn't write in your journal? I have had some seasons where I struggled to write. I went through some really difficult changes a few years ago and some hardship within that struggled with a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. and just some life circumstances that were changing and because the weight of the emotion was so heavy I had Mm -hmm. trouble fleshing out all my thoughts Mm -hmm. on paper Mm -hmm. and so I didn't write consistently as much as I had been but I made sure to take opportunity in chunks of time to sit down and do what I could. Mm. I think that's something that has been helpful for me is I don't put pressure on myself here. Mm. This is not a space that that there is any pressure. And so even though there have been times where I've thought, man, I really wish I was writing some of this down because I feel like I need to, to write it down. I want to remember this. But I trust that 
again, this is the space he and I, we're sharing together. And he knows what doesn't end up on the page just as much as what does. And I trust that whatever ends up here and whatever doesn't, it's still held in a really special place with him. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have to feel like I have to do it a certain way because really it's just drawing into him when I do. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I don't know. It definitely. Yeah. And it's just your personal experience. Exactly. That's the thing that's yeah. beautiful about journaling. It's something that's sacred. It's something that's intimate. It's something that's personal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a married person, do you feel fearful keeping your journal out or that's a place that's really respected, I'm guessing, in your home. That it you can is. write what you need to, and Daniel's not going to open up those pages and take a look. No, that space is definitely respected. Um, and I, I don't have any fear of that. I know sometimes people talk about they designate the person that's supposed to burn their journals when they're done. <laughs> right. And I'm like, do I want them burned? Right. Do I want or my memoirs. kids to get to read them? I don't know. Can someone go through and like white out the things that are especially crazy? Right, right. But yeah, I, I don't, I do think sometimes when there's like tornado warnings or something like gotta save the journals and at one point I really have put them all in a tub thinking if they're together maybe they'll be saved (laughs) but they're a a beautiful picture of your world and it's something that is so beautifully uniquely yours Mm -hmm. now I know not everybody enjoys journaling and it's something I guess in the 20 or more years that I've been doing counseling I see women tend to be more likely to write down their thoughts than men, though I think it's a very, very powerful exercise. And my brother has probably an equal number of, I think he said his last count was over 50 <laughs> on his journals, but he's also a type four. So it could just be the, the creatives, the creative <laughs> which is beautiful. However, I think everybody can really benefit from looking objectively at your thoughts, at your emotions, Mm -hmm. and putting them down in black and white. I even find it's more fruitful to write it with your own handwriting even than typing it. Though the process of journaling, again, gets to be very unique. Mm -hmm. I think one of my favorite stories is hearing about a husband and a wife team that did what you and Sarah Beth did. Mm -hmm. And they would take... a a day and kind of write down a topic that they were struggling with and they would just write in that journal one person would have it and give the other person when they were finished they would have I think it was five seven days to read it and then respond Mm -hmm. and then share their own personal reflections and then give it back and they would have a week so they ended up having a beautiful conversation without using spoken words but using written words and I think that's what you're describing a little bit is your relationship even between you and God that you can do that with another person too yes absolutely Jenna thank you so much for being here today you've just been a wealth of information I'm really grateful for your wisdom for your insight if others wanted to get a hold of you to just speak to you specifically about this or ask some more questions, I know you love drinking coffee and having I conversations. Do. What would be the best way for our listeners to reach you? You can find me on Instagram, I'm Jenna Lupo Bell mm-hmm. on there. Or you know, if someone wanted to email me, that would be welcome as well. My email address mm-hmm. is jennachristine at gmail.com. 
Okay, and I'll make sure that we have that <laughs> on the website so people know how to get a hold of you. Um, Jenna is currently in a program getting her certification in spiritual direction. Yes. So if you have been blessed by her sharing today, and I think she might be a good resource for you to just help with spiritual direction, make sure you reach out to her. So again, we'll have her information on the website. Thanks again, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. What a delightful interview. I'm fascinated by those diligent enough to journal regularly, like Jenna or my brother. I'm more of a sporadic journaler. Well, if I'm honest, I'm not very organized either. My problem is I start writing in one journal, then forget where I've put it, so I pick up another one and write in it, because the impulse to get it out of my head is what actually motivates me. The result is 8,000 journals of various shapes and sizes, only partially written in. Lovely. It encouraged me, however, to hear that Jenna doesn't put herself on performance. I think she said it, I don't make myself make it pretty. Instead, she just gives herself permission to be as clean and organized or as chaotic as she needs to be, depending upon the season in which she finds herself. For some of those perfectionists out there, this is probably going to be a stretch for you. When I asked about how she would describe journaling, Jenna shared it was her hiding place with him. It was the library of her life, her rhythm with the Lord, an intentional connection with him. What marvelous descriptions of what our journaling time can be. It's that place of processing. Now, I realize that not all of us feel comfortable expressing ourselves with the written word. Not all of us enjoy doodling or writing out our prayers. Some of us are so hurt or angry with the God of our experience that the last thing we want to do is initiate a conversation with him. I get it. And though my own journaling practice includes experiencing his presence as I pour out my heart, that's not true for everyone. Psychologically, however, something happens when we take the swirl of our thoughts or emotions and we put them out on pen and paper. It's an activity that allows us to be more objective about our internal expressions. In addition to the wonderful suggestions that Jenna shared, I'd like to offer a couple of other ideas, especially for those of you who are only considering if this is a step towards deeper self-awareness you want to take. First of all, and from the trenches, find a journal to write in that feels most comfortable to you. It frustrates my kinesthetic brain to have a spiral-bound journal or notebook that's bent. The spiral is sturdy and even as I start, but after I've used it up about half the journal, the binding is bent and distorted, making it hard to turn the pages. This annoys the daylights out of me, so I set it aside which is why I have 8,000 partially used journals. When Jenna introduced me to the wonders of moleskin journals, it felt like freedom. Once you find the appropriate journal, next, pick out your favorite writing utensil. I prefer fine point Sharpies, though they do bleed through into the next page. I have five different colors I use. Pink for my personal reflections, blue for another's teaching, green for the stuff I need to review for additional study or processing, red for the immediate urgent stuff, and regular old black 
for when I'm discerning my God's voice. Different colors keep me interested and are super helpful when I'm looking back over my past entries. Jenna only reviews her entries when she's prompted in her heart to do so. I review mine on a much more regular basis. As you gain more experience with this writing practice, I trust that you're going to discover your own methods. As with anything, the practice of writing down our thoughts is just that, a practice. We get better and better the more we do of it. A practice is not the time for perfection, so be aware of a constant critiquing of yourself. We need to brainstorm all of our thoughts before we edit them. No one has to read your writings. This is your own sacred space of discovery. It may help to set aside a specific time of the day or week when you will journal. I find it helps with consistency. You may want to designate a specific place where you write. Some of us can combine a little quiet self-care time with journal writing. So you may want to head to a local coffee shop and get lost in your own private world over a latte. Others want to do a simple brain dump at the end of the day. A kind of clearing your head before bed. I'm a morning person, and it's fairly common for me to wake up early in the dark quiet of the day. It's my favorite time to journal. Jenna takes her journal with her wherever she goes, so she's ready should the need to jot down her thoughts strike her. The beauty of journaling is it's your process. So once you find your journal and have your pens and discover your ideal time and location for writing, the next step is to actually write. Jenna uses her journals for times of communion with God, but she also uses them for times of learning listening to a sermon, or while attending a conference. She mentioned after reading a book on prayer, her journal became the place she wrote about and practiced the new prayer style. My journal used to be my venting ground. It was the place I tattled to God on anyone who had ever hurt or angered me. Back in my 20s, I was such a drama queen, painfully melodramatic. When I read those entries now, I'm kind of tempted to cringe a little, However, I am learning that instead I just need to celebrate how much I've matured. It's also a chance for me to see how patient God's been with me. Today my journals are filled with my journey of healing with the Lord, the pictures He gives me to pray. My grandmother had journals that merely documented what she did. Another friend writes down her daily gratitudes. Marshall shared he uses his journal to help him grow more comfortable with reconciling his thoughts with his feelings. He often does this through poetry. Some simply set a timer on their phone and write whatever comes into their mind for the designated 10 or 15 minutes. The beauty of this process is it's yours. Try out several different ways of expressing yourself and then decide. It's not an exact science. If you are just starting out, have some structure for a while, a specific place and time and topic but don't try to do it every day. Get comfortable with the process and gradually build up to more consistency. Many of us will start for a week or two and then quit. If that's your pattern, try no more than five minutes of writing only a couple times a week. See if you can maintain that before you add more time or increase your frequency. I have often encouraged the people I minister to to write only when they're feeling a specific emotion and then only for five minutes. 
The idea is for us to grow more aware of what's going on within us because that way we are better able to manage our thoughts and emotions and our mouths. Because I value community so much and I'm an external processor, I love to be able to share with others the insights or the epiphanies that I'm having through my journaling. Others of you will not ever want to share what transpires on those pages. Again, this is your process and you get to decide how you're going to play it. No one gets to judge your process. It's yours. Jenna shared that in her home, like mine, it's a safe space to leave her journal out without fear of her writing being exposed. But that's not true for all of us. Hear me clearly, friends. This deeply grieves me. Having an environment where your most vulnerable musings are respected is vital if you're going to use journaling as a tool to develop your awareness. If you don't have that respect in your space, you can still use the art of journaling. You may simply get to keep your journal with you at all times. I guess you could probably get a safety deposit box, though I would imagine you probably will not be a very consistent journaler. I remember one individual I journeyed with described such an environment. I thought journaling might be especially helpful for this person, and there wasn't a sentimental bone in this human's body. In fact, it even turned out to be highly therapeutic to get everything out of this person's head and then shred any evidence of the journaling. I say whatever works. The beauty of journaling, in my opinion, it's as unique as every person out there. It isn't for everyone, but maybe it is for you. I think between me and Jenna, we've given you lots of options and things to think about as it relates to the wonderful world of journaling. If you're interested in more of Jenna's experience, she's also a guest blogger on my website, and you can, or you can contact her personally. I feel certain that she would love to hear from you. Don't forget about the Revive Workshop coming up this Saturday, September 29th from 10 to 1 in Huntsville, Alabama. It takes only one look in the news to see that we have a country filled with angry, hurting people. Bitterness can eat you up and it's time to let it go, folks. Please join us as I walk you through a step-by-step process in how to heal up those tender places in all of our lives where we carry pain or offense. Caring for your heart the whole way, if you'll let me. I will be offering lunch and seating is limited. You can register on the website at revivewithlisapack.com. Well, that's a wrap for this month's adventure into growing more self-aware. Thanks so much for listening in. I'll close with the words of Paul Young, author of The Shack. Every human being is holy ground if we have the eyes to see it. Until next time.